had to do that quiet because of the cat, sorry. That's fine, we're live. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy nope. American Thanksgiving. Happy, happy American Thanksgiving, yep. American yeah, Thanksgiving. to you. Happy Thanksgiving, Sean. Yeah, what'd you guys do for your American Thanksgiving? Happy Thursday, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just got out of a, a, a nice, good turkey-filled dinner. Uh, nice. With some uh, mashed potatoes. What else did we have? Some stuffing, of course. You know, just all the good stuff. And then we went in the hot tub. So fresh from the hot tub. Nice. Yeah, and I probably sound a little different for the audio listeners. I'm I'm on remote setup down here now that I'm in a uh, Southern California on location reporting on live. location reporting live from American Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Ask me anything about American Thanksgiving. I got all the answers for you. No, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we it's, also it's eat a, turkey. <laughs> it's yeah. just at a different time. I will say it's a bigger deal, obviously, than the Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. But uh all right, outside of that, how has your guys' last week been? Nothing new here. John, hopefully things are better than last week. I was gonna ask if uh if the bagel thing had happened last week, and yeah, the it first was day week. was was last Thursday. Yeah. Um he is doing better. He has he walks again. He's actually behind me. I don't know if it's gonna be on oh, camera. Yeah. yeah. I can see him on a chair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh, he learned to hobble on three legs, so he would run around the house on three legs and hold up his bad leg. Yeah, and uh, his his bad leg is to the point where he can mostly walk now. He still like doesn't want to use it at times, but it's he's definitely better than he was for the past week. He's pretty much back to normal, but he keeps trying to go out and we can't let him out. Yeah. So it's just become like this whole rigmarole of like, we don't, you have to stay in, buddy. You have to stay in. And he hates it. Absolutely hates it. I mean, growing up, my cat was an indoor cat, so that's all he ever got to see. Yeah. Growing up, all my cats were outdoor cats because we lived <coughs> in the woods, basically. So. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right on. Right on. And nothing new with you, Paul? Nothing to report? Nope. nope. Nothing new. Um,. Not to jump ahead, but I got that fancy new Switch OLED. <laughs> Very nice. I saw you were having some weird issues transferring some stuff. Oh or, my god, what a nightmare. Holy Or like smokes. not really? At the In the end, you said you lost in some save end, files, but you didn't? <laughs> yeah, so like the craziest thing was I went through the, the transfer process and then I was like, okay, cool. Now I will transfer over my Animal Crossing uh, island because that one will not go with the regular transfer for, for whatever reason Weird. that one has to have its own separate thing so that okay. i guess people can't duplicate stuff and have fun uh, heaven forbid you know right. people are okay. spoofing animal crossing even though you can time travel in that game like well, who even cares like it you know just nintendo being asinine and whatnot um sure so I'm like cool, I'll transfer my island over. Can't transfer the island because my account is now on the new switch. So I can't even load oh. up Animal Crossing on the old switch. And I'm like, oh okay, well, let me move oh, yeah, the I heard SD. Like some really convoluted way to do that. Well, it's not that convoluted, but it's like figuring it all out was kind of convoluted. So I was like, 
Oh, crap, and nothing is on the new Switch. Well, everything's saved on the SD card. Maybe if I just put the SD card in the new Switch, all my games will be ready to go. I don't have to re-download everything. So I move this new, the SD card over, and it says, hey, if you want to use this SD card in the Switch, you have to format it. Okay, well, you know, everything's in the cloud, so I'll just format it. Well, guess what? The Animal Crossing Island's not in the cloud. Cool. To which I'm like, I guess my Animal Crossing save is just gone because I just formatted the SD card and it did not transfer over in the Switch transfer process. Right? That makes sense, right? It's gone. I mean, theoretically, sure. I mean, like, where else could it even be? Well, I'll tell you. So I was like, well, how is there any way I can check? So I have to transfer my user account back to the old Switch so that I can even use Animal Crossing on the old Switch. And then I booted up Animal Crossing and the island's there. So I ask you, where is that island stored? Because it's not in the cloud, it's not in the internal switch memory, and it is not in the SD card. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. So even though I didn't lose it, because at that point I downloaded the island transfer tool from the eShop that you have to use. Mm-hmm. transferred the island over transferred my user account back over everything's finally good but i was convinced i was like i've just wiped slash moved every piece of like storage it must be gone why is it still here i don't even understand what happened but i have my island so i guess that's good apparently it's saved on the switch console itself not in the internal because my internal is empty I mean, I'm literally seeing what Nintendo.com says, and they say it's saved on the Switch console. So, I'm, well, I, then they then you there's no way for you to know that because when you no. go into like the storage options and you can see what's saved where and how much space is used, I don't Weird. know. Yeah, maybe in like their operating system somewhere. I like yeah, I don't know, and it it's ridiculous, and it's just like come on, Nintendo. Like Microsoft and Sony have this figured out backwards and forwards what are you doing so it's weird uh yeah fuck nintendo forever i guess <laughs> this is the top-down perspective right and uh this is november 25th the the, the thanksgiving episode uh so everything will be everything will, in this episode will be coated in gravy a thin layer of, of gravy gross um and i'm sean booker i'm paul fleck John Wheeler. <laughs> um, glad you're both here. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Um, Paul, what have you been playing? I've never heard of this. Uh, I I tried a new game that came out recently, a Metroidvania that's set underwater called Pronty Fishy Adventure, uh, made by a little indie studio in Taiwan. And uh, it's really, really good. It's quite delightful. It's... Uh, if you remember, Derek, you and Alex Holoka back in the day made a game called Aquaria. It's a lot like that, uh, obviously, because it also takes place underwater, but it controls kind of similarly. And it has a lot of Hollow Knight inspiration and vibes going on in it as well. Uh, all hand-drawn environments and animations and all that sort of stuff. But it's just a really cute little Metroidvania game that I thought would, uh, I would get out there. <laughs> people to maybe try spaced out for a second there and suddenly he fell down a flight of stairs yeah probably sounded great for everyone sean is dead now so i'm in this weird recording setup i will say that 
My chair's very low. It doesn't look like that, but... <laughs> yeah, um, it, again, it's just a Metroidvania game. Uh, if you were hurting for another one of those after Metroid Dread and you just kind of want it chill, small little indie version of that, uh, Pronty Fishy Adventure might be up your alley. I think Underwater makes me think uh, bad video game. Okay. But they do, a good do you job have any of- more to add to this conversation or is that it? <laughs> yeah, well, just, you know, every single underwater level in a video game is bad. It's I mean, because it's all underwater, you are an underwater creature. It plays more like you're just flying everywhere, right? It's not okay. like you're slowed or anything. So so they did a good job of it being underwater. Then. Yeah, I feel it, like I if, mean, yeah, if, if a game is all underwater, then it's never really a bad. Underwater yeah, because you game. never know that there's like maybe a better part a better <laughs> that part. never exists. <laughs> Things could be better, but you, you've never experienced it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, more than anything, it's uh, I think aesthetically, I just like the hand drawn look of everything. Well, that's not true. I don't like how the main character is designed or looked, uh, but I like all the environments and all the like enemies and stuff like that. I think they're neat. Okay, cool. Also, Pronty Fishy Adventure sounds like a kid's game. Honestly, it's not a great name. (laughs) Like it sounds like it's from the that uh, publishing company that did like Pajama Sam. I'm wondering if it's a weird if it's a localization thing. Like I wonder. Uh, maybe. What? I don't know. I don't love the name either, but uh, yeah, it's cool. And okay. I think it's like 15 bucks US or something quite cheap. So I think nice. it's only on PC right now, though. The A lot of the control is uh, you moving the mouse as like a cursor to click onto something that you want your weapon thing to attack. The Your weapon isn't so much like you using a sword or whatever. You are moving Pronti, who is just kind of like this creature that doesn't necessarily fight on his own. He does like other things to help support, but he has like a mechanical like swordfish eel type thing that you click on stuff and you can like swipe with it basically. Uh, and Pronti's whole deal is he can like dash through enemies, which in this game, because you're underwater, acts more like a parry. Because when you dash through an enemy, not only are you negating any damage that they're doing to you because of the iframes, but you're also marking them for like critical hits. So there's this kind of like you're controlling one character to like move through an enemy and dodge and like set it up for your attack, which comes from the mouse hand doing that. It's it's actually a pretty fun little system that they set up but i need to play more of it to see if they kind of do anything more with it than just kind of the novel little bit that i've seen so far i've only played about an hour of it okay cool yeah uh john what have you been playing uh really i played one game this week and that was the mummy demastered so this was the tie-in game to that mummy reboot movie that they did like a couple years back with tom cruise i almost want to say that the movie was a tie-in movie to the game because the game the game is the better of the two let's be real i've I've heard that time and time again hey hey that movie was the start of the dark (laughs) cinematic universe the monster verse or something like like, whatever it was yeah Yeah, the universal monster monster verse or whatever yeah it's got uh the invisible man and Dr. That Jekyll? one came out too. Yep. That, the Invisible yeah. Man came out? Well, The Invisible Man came out, I think, in 2020, wasn't it? 
I did it. A movie called The Invisible Man came out. I don't think it was tied to that. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Wasn't The Invisible Man played by like Johnny Depp? Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, there's Hollow Man, which had Kevin Bacon in it. Okay, that, that is like yeah, that's like way different. But man, that yeah. last that year's was Invisible Man movie has, I believe, nothing to do with the what we're talking about. It, it just it just happens to have a man who is invisible. Because <laughs> the other one is the one that like wraps himself in bandages and wears gla- sunglasses, right? And no, that's, that's Dark man. man. Oh no, Dark Man also does that. There's someone called Dark Man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam Raimi's superhero that he made back in like the late 80s, early 90s. It starred Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. Yeah, and then they, huh. the two sequels were uh, the dude who eventually played uh, Emotep right. from The Mummy. So we tied Dark it together, Man, baby. Man. Weird. Maybe yeah, I, was, weird. I, I watched the Dark Man trilogy like a month ago because I, I got it on DVD. I'm like... Man, why does this actor look so familiar? And I looked it up, and it's like he's straight up just the bad guy from the Mummy. I laughed my ass off. Cool. But yeah, Mummy okay. Demastered. Uh, way forward, Metroidvania. All right, game. Uh, yeah. It has an annoying mechanic where if you die, uh, you it does like a Hollow Knight or Dark Souls style system where you have to go to your corpse and get your items back by killing your corpse. Oh yeah, but right. You like lose all your abilities, including your health containers so uh you have to get back to wherever your body was from the nearest save point with just one health container out of instead of having like the 10 you might have had and you've lost all your weapons you literally just have a default machine gun one health container and uh you just have to hope you make it there in time because if you die then you got to go through again and try to get them all again it's just it's just a nightmare and apparently a bunch of people have gotten stuck in the game because of that I got okay. lucky. All my deaths were at the exact same boss every time, so they were just like walk in the next room and kill your body <laughs> while trying to fight the boss. No, it was actually they were nice and they put the the body before the boss. Okay, as a warning for all other people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> games. The game's all right. I like. I had yeah. fun with it. It was like four hours to get hundred percent. It was like really short. So if you want like a super short kind of all right, Metrovania, go for that. Otherwise, Did you get you excited to go to watch the movie? Not at all. Okay. I actually want to go watch the original Mummy movies. I do want to go do that. Sure, there you go. You can watch uh, The Rock and um, Brandon Fraser. Yeah, and Darkman. Yep. And Darkman. Darkman. <laughs> That's all I'm playing. The Scorpion King isn't that tied to the mummies? I think yeah, it is. That's yeah. who The Rock is. He's yeah. the Scorpion He's the King. Scorpion King. But he, he got his own movie, didn't he? Or uh, Yeah, so... Mummy Returns is the one where The Rock shows up in yeah. as like the villain. Uh, and then there's the spinoff series where it's like he's the good guy. And there's like one starring The Rock and then two starring some MMA star. Oh, Actually, good. There might be like there might be more uh, Scorpion King movies now. It's probably a porn spinoff, right? Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There's at least four. 2002, 2008, 2012 and 2015. There was a Scorpion King movie in 2015. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and wow. there's a fifth one apparently in 2018. And there's what? an untitled reboot currently in the works. Oh, great. Oh, no. Well, TVP 
announcement coming, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this That actually kind of reminds me, though, because, Paul, you just watched the new Home Alone movie. Yeah, yeah. Home Sweet Home Alone. Which is the fifth one, right? Because there yes. used to be four. Is there yeah. any ties to the other ones? Yeah. Like any reference? Yeah? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, Very isn't, wow. like, Buzz, like, Buzz, a, an actual recurring character? Buzz is a cop character in that movie that like literally says this happened to my brother Kevin like when I was a kid sort of thing like it is, is literally Kevin in it? Like, just look- no oh, okay. what a bummer man I, I really know. hope they I would have waiting. him be like the, the weird neighbor that it would like, say what him. is he doing these days like he's probably got time on his hands to show up in a movie the last uh, thing I actually, saw him in- he's in a series yeah yeah he has a podcast and the last thing I saw him in was an angry video game nerd thing Okay. I started having Kevin McAllister instead of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Same thing, really. Podcast thing. taking up too much of his time, I guess. I'm pretty sure he's actually in like a main series right now. Like, you might be thinking of Kieran Culkin, who's in I think Succession. Both in something. Hmm. But yeah, no, I definitely heard uh, that he was like that his brother was in Succession. American Horror Story. That's the current thing he's in. Oh okay. my god! Sure. All right, that, that kind of fits. I could see that. Yeah, I thought Home Sweet Home Alone is a film based on a Capcom game. <laughs> oh my god! Mm. Sean, what have you been playing? Okay, well, I've also been playing a Metroidvania. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> right. I've been playing Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which I can talk about here because it did not win the poll. <laughs> um, that that game's a lot of fun. That game looks really nice. I will say that um, because I'm working like or I'm like living at uh, in SoCal this week. I don't have my nice TV, so I am looking forward to getting home next week and playing it on the big screen. Um, But it's fun, like it's kinetic. I do like that the characters never shut up um, Mm. just because I just like hanging out with these characters. They're just like, yeah, it's just fun to listen to. But you get what I mean, like, like yeah. you got to really like those characters to be cool with that, because they otherwise it's just a lot. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you don't like the Guardians of the Galaxy, don't play the game called Guardians of the Galaxy. I know, but it's just like you may like, oh, I want to try it out. I, I guess maybe, like because maybe it'll win me over because I didn't like the actors or something like that. Uh, like the gameplay, it's pretty much like Uncharted with better combat. Um Okay. And, like, the jump is terrible. It feels bad every time you have to, like, jump up a ledge. Okay. <laughs> you could definitely tell it's like, oh, these people did not want this character to have to jump. But we put a jump in here for whatever reason. Kind of like when you're playing, you know, when you play Gears of War and it's like you have to mantle over something and it feels yeah. just terrible. And it's like, oh, these characters were not designed to do anything besides, like, r- roadie run around the stage. Um, sure. It's, it kind of feels a bit like that, but the combat's fun and, and pretty fluid, and you get some cool abilities. Um, John, I don't know how far you got to the. I got. I just got my ice gun. A little bit. I got a little bit farther than you. I met the uh, the battle queen or whatever her name was. That's who I'm just about to meet. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just a little bit into chapter four. Just after our meeting with her, that's okay. where I stopped. And I right and on. I her interaction is hilarious. I I'm I think you're probably gonna go the same path I did. Oh, okay. who do you, who's in your carrier? Rocket. Okay, yeah, you're doing the same thing. It's you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I hope you I go the exact same path I did. 
that I'm glad to hear that because like it's already been pretty funny. There's been some pretty good jokes. That first mission, like the whole first chapter, I think is a fantastic intro to the game. Um, there's some fun twists with uh, but I just don't even want to say too much because I know Paul's going to play it at some point too. So, uh, good game. I'm liking it. I'm I'm looking forward to playing more of it for sure. It is a video ass video game though. I I will say that like you are constantly upgrading your characters and getting new weird abilities and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's good. Man, if only if there was a weird forum, maybe once a month where we could talk about a specific video game and complete with each other. Like dive real know. deep on like on different. If only there was it. a way we could really do that, but for like an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll start like a Patreon or something. I, yeah. I take it. The winner has been decided and it wasn't guardians based on the way you're reacting. You're right. By one vote. It was it uh, BW. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I guess early housekeeping. Hey, Balan Wonderworld is the winner for December. So look forward to that. I'm sure that's going to I'm looking forward to learning what that game is because I've heard only horror stories of this thing. And I'm very curious. I'm looking forward to seeing if I get into it by the time I can refund it or not. Okay. Uh, The game is ten and a half hours, so probably not. I mean, if it doesn't hold me within like the first hour, there's a problem, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, in addition to that, I played through a game called XO one. Which kind of you played like, through it. Yeah, it's like it's short. It's like an hour and a half long. Oh, OK, sure. Um, this game kind of flooded my timeline with uh, gifts and short videos. Um. It recently came out on Game Pass. The easiest way I can describe it is, do you remember that mobile game Tiny Wings? Yeah. So it's that with more mechanics involved, but a behind-the-back view. So you're going forward as opposed to, like, side-scrolling. And so those for, who, yeah. uh, for those who don't know, Tiny Wings was a mobile game where you were a little bird, and when you pushed, held down on the screen, it would dive down, and all of the ground was, like, these really curvy waves so when you're going on an uphill you would let go and then you would like launch yourself off and it was all about creating this momentum and launching further and higher and it's that again if it had like really nice looking visuals and you were on just like crazy sci-fi space planets that are like weird spiky mountains and your spaceship is like an orb that when you hold left trigger to glide or left trigger to right trigger to dive, it turns into like a disc. So you'll like dive down by like increasing the gravity or something. And then you'll in, as a ball form and then you'll roll. And then on the way up, once you launch off, you hold left trigger and you turn to a disc and then you can glide really far. And it is stunning looking like it looks super nice, which, is, which, you know, it was probably easy for them to do. Cause all they had to kind of do is like make, landscapes for this game there's nothing really else to the game besides you going through these landscapes and you'll as you go to each planet you'll see just like a blue glowing beam off in the distance you just have to kind of get there and it takes maybe like 15 minutes or so for you to get to there each time each new world will introduce something a little different so one for example is like a whole water planet so instead of you being able to like go up and down on the rocks you're kind of skidding across the water like you know someone who's like skipping a stone across the water um and there'll be like storms and stuff happening on the planet. And if you get high enough, you can actually like break through the clouds and then it'll be all nice and calm. Like it is just a beautiful looking game, super chill. Like 
And like I said, you can finish it. I think my time I clocked in at was like an hour 45. So I think it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you have Game Pass. It's, it's you know, try out a few levels and see what it's like. I will say it took me a little bit to kind of get used to how to really get going with the momentum, uh, the the push and pull of the gravity versus the flight and yada, yada. You do get a double jump. I'll, I'll just put that out there, you know, as, as uh, always will. Um, that's pretty good. Again, that's called XO1. That's E-X-O. Uh, O-N-E. And uh, the last game I played, the the big game, the hot new one of the week, playing it on the, the new Switch OLED is Pokemon Shining Pearl came out. Which I think, John, weren't you picking this up? Did You you didn't play any of this? Yeah, Best Buy delayed my order. It's, it hasn't shown up yet. Oh, man. That's brutal. Don't buy from Best Buy, I guess. That's and it's the, the dual there. pack, so it's like I can't just go get it anywhere else. They sell the dual pack elsewhere. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I most places I've looked at it and sold out. Oh, sold out, probably, yeah. Um, so I'm playing Shining Pearl. Um, this is a remake of the fourth gen. I really liked the fourth gen growing up, so it's nice to return to those specific Pokemon in that area. I will say it is... It does actually feel a bit kind of like a step back from Sword and Shield because like random encounters are back, which is kind of a bummer. It was nice when you could like see which specific Pokemon were on the world so you could like go after specific ones you want or if you wanted to avoid battles, you could literally just run around people and avoid them. That was pretty nice. The new art style is kind of hit or miss for me. It's like kind of a budget version of Link's Awakenings remakes art style. So everyone's like really chibi, but not, but it doesn't look as nice as Link's Awakening. In that sense, it does kind of look pretty similar to like the old school graphics because everyone had like big heads when it, they were down, back in pixels and whatnot. Um, so it's kind of a like polygonal version of what those probably looked like without going like a full on voxel route. Um, but I'm enjoying it. The underworld is is pretty crazy this time. It's it's a lot bigger, and you can go into these like kind of expansive areas inside the underground that'll have like caverns and waterfalls and stuff in them. And actually, in those ones, you can see the Pokemon moving around, and you can go up to them and fight them, and you'll get special Pokemon that way that are, that would be harder to find typically. Um, so that's actually pretty interesting. I've been having a lot of time down there. It's odd that they made that not random encounters but the normal game is random encounters i don't know it this game feels like there's parts of it that it's like oh i like that they added this quality of life improvement but then they like are trying to reference back to the old game and it feels like it's just kind of stuck not knowing which way it wants to go and i'm curious if the developers kind of felt that push and pull too of wanting to make it a new game but having to like stick to some of the old games criteria and, and kind of rule set that they had set up it is also, like, super easy. I don't know if... The, I can't remember if the last one was this easy, but this just seems crazy easy. Um, I'm all extremely overleveled, and I've only fought two boss, uh, gyms so far. So there's that, but, you know, maybe I'm just power leveling. I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was, really, but I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm destroying every single thing I come across a lot sooner than usual. Um... It looks real nice on the Switch OLED. That is a nice screen. I'm liking that quite a bit. So I will say that. 
Um, and, you know, I'll play through that. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play this one as much as I played some of the last few Pokemon games. I don't know if it's diminishing returns or whatnot, or if I'm just kind of more interested in the new adventures at this point. But, you know, I'll get through it. I'll, I'll beat the Elite Four. So, um, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, let's do a bit of news, and then we'll dive into this huge backlog of questions we got. You guys heard about Activision and all the shit going down with their CEO. Yeah. I'd rather oh. not have, but they have no choice. Oh, right. It's they're fucked like, up as always. They're forming another, they're doing a last ditch effort where they're like, okay, what we'll do is form a committee. A committee and everybody's like, no, <laughs> this isn't enough. Like, stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not the story I pulled. The story I pulled, just uh, kind of rounding out the, uh, the platform holders, is now Nintendo. Uh, of America's president, Doug Bowser. Bowser himself has come out saying um, that the stories they're hearing from Activision are distressing and disturbing. Much like the other platform holders, they didn't really say specifically they were going to do anything about it or in relation to it. Nintendo was like, we're going to talk to the ESA about kind of cracking down on it, companies that are a part of it. But who knows if that will lead to anything. So we'll see. I just kind of wanted to complete the trifecta. Now, Sony's uh, or PlayStation's uh, CEO, Xbox's CEO, and Nintendo's uh, president have all come out kind of against Activision in in some degree. Sure. I thought you were talking about the fact that they're trying to do some, like, damage control, and they're literally putting together a, like, what workplace responsibility committee or whatever, where they're going to make sure everything's responsible except Kotick because he's on the board. So we have to make sure everything yeah, that's, does that's a, You're right. And I, I should have pulled that story because I did hear about it. Yeah, it seems it's getting put together uh, through some board members that are back in yeah. Kotick. Yeah. And it just kind of rings the exact same bell that of, of like earlier in the week where it was like, hey, we have a like, we're not going to let this shit fly. Like there's, there's a, this is no, yeah. Unless you're coding, then we'll let the shit fly. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're flailing around right now. So I- I'm honestly still surprised that Kodak is there. I'm not, he made yeah. them too much money. Uh, unfortunately I'm not. I think I'm that not. now that, that the fact that he is still there, I think he's just stuck there now. Um, I'm hoping, like, because I was hearing less news about it this week than last week, and I'm hoping it was just because of, like, the holiday week is here, but I just don't want this to die down and just kind of go away with the news cycle, you know what I mean? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. I think it, we might already be there. Um, okay, in other uh, questionable news, Epic Games okay. bought Harmonix. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um... Sure. So there's a little blog post up on Harmonix's website, and there's a little kind of FAQ answering a few questions. The long and short of it is nothing is going to change with their current plans for their games. They're still releasing Rock Band DLC each week. They still have Fuser DLC coming, and their Fuser is still going to be available on Steam. They're not turning any servers off. Um, the big main question is, what will Harmon- the Harmonix team work on next? 
And the answer from them is, our team will work with Epic to create musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite. While we're not ready to share any specifics, the whole team is incredibly excited to get started. Stay tuned. How do you guys feel about Epic now owning Fortnite? Uh, Harmonix. If it means Harmonix can continue to exist, I'm for it. But I don't know that they were in any trouble to begin. Like, I don't know what their position was to begin with. So I feel like they're so niche in a way. I'm surprised they're still like yeah. around. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sim- in a similar boat. I always kind of got the feeling that once kind of Rock Band collapsed for them, they were like they're just done. skirting by from one project to the next. Like they, they were like barely hanging on there. Um, and now it sounds like they'll be here for a while now. Uh, I, I do hope that they forgot about Fuser. How did that even do? I believe Fuser's done well. Like they're still supporting it. I, I, I bought Fuser. <laughs> I bought the Fuser board game. Um, otherwise known as Drop Mix. Drop Mix is good. I like that. That was a good time, yeah. I mean, Fuser is just digital Drop Mix. It's the exact same game. Um, So I'm glad they're still going to be doing stuff. I hope they're going to do stuff outside of Fortnite as well, because I do like the games they make. Um, But, I mean, yeah, Fortnite's been doing more and more digital concerts and whatnot. Uh, And when it comes to cool music visualizers, like Harmonix has a ton of experience with that. Like, if you think of, like, Fantasia... That was basically just a music visualizer or even like the Beatles rock band of like, let's just have weird visuals going on while you play rock band. So it's a good pickup for, you know, continuing to do music stuff in Fortnite. Uh, But I hope I keep doing a rock band DLC for sure, because I still play rock band probably monthly at this point. Uh, and the last story I got here is that Amazon Studios is nearing a deal to develop a Mass Effect TV series. Oh, is this the one that might have uh, uh, Henry Cavill? Thank you, Henry Cavill. Uh, this, this, these stories that have been popped up have not mentioned Henry Cavill, but if we do remember from I don't know, years ago at this point, Henry Cavill did say, oh, I'm working on that Mass Effect series. So maybe it's this one? I don't know. Paul, you're the Mass Effect fan. Uh, besides me, would you watch a Mass Effect TV show? Yes. Yeah, I would too. Honestly, I would just kind of say like The Expanse exists and that's a really good pretty much Mass Effect show. Maybe just watch The Expanse. But um, I do like the Mass Effect characters, so that would be cool to see them. Yeah, I like... If Mass Effect exists and it's there, sure, I'll watch it. I don't think they should do this, though. Uh, no? They should put that money to something else. But whatever. I mean, I like a lot of the stories that Mass Effect tells, and it can take a while to get to some of those stories in the game. Like we were mm-hmm. just saying to John last week, because, you know, he's like, I'm liking Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe I should get Mass Effect to try. And it's like, well, that first game's not the easiest to go back to, but there's a lot of cool stories in that first game. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I mean, it sounds like Guardians is just the modernization of what those games were trying to do. So even the third one would feel dated in comparison, obviously. And if I get more Garrus out of this, like I just <laughs> want a really good Garrus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But what if you get like a really bad Garrus, though? 
That would suck. So here's a question for you. Would you want completely CG aliens or would you want like prosthetics? What are you what are you thinking? So I always want practical effects and prosthetics and stuff like that, because even if it's fucking terrible, at least it's funny and kind of like original looking. Bad CG is uh, is really not a thing that I ever enjoy, though. Sure. Yeah. And like it lasts longer. Like, it looks better yeah. for longer. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And even then, like, we've seen some pretty good-looking prosthetic aliens if you look at, like, Star Wars yeah. and, and Star Trek recently and stuff like that. So yeah, they, they could totally do could it. do it. Sure, yeah. I feel like you would need some of the creatures to be CG, like the Hanar and stuff. Yeah, you have, like, some weird papier-mâché, like, thing with tentacles. Yeah, I... Because yeah, you also need to be point. somewhat gelatinous looking. There's a point where you have to do definitely some CG work for some of them. Imagine being the actor who has to wear the Krogan suit. Oh, that guy would be having the time of his life, I think. That would, there would be so much. You're wearing like, like your density just like doubled, if not tripled. Yeah. I bet it'd be heavy. Yeah. Sounds great. I don't know if they could do more than with prosthetics though like his body's just too weird looking you know what i mean yeah i mean they could get somebody to just some really skinny lanky guy to do more than some head prosthetics or something you could we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens um here's my recommendation though just go watch the expanse you'll pretty much get everything you need and that already exists so there's yeah, that too that's what i'm saying go watch the expanse <laughs> yeah all right, let's do some questions. We skipped questions last week. We have a bunch stacked up now. Let's get through all of these. Now they've been they've been aged. They're now aged a week, so they're better than they were last week. Like a fine wine. Exactly. Uh, if you would like to send a question in um, to, uh, to be aged and, <laughs> until it's ready to be answered, it is topdownrespective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Discord channel, or John's P.O. Box. I can't wait to get a bunch of emails that are like, do not read until 2023 or whatever. Oh, God, don't give them ideas. <laughs> um, I can read this first one from Andrew. It says, hey, all, Pacross has that two-player mode you can do with a friend and see who gets more points. How would you like to be, how would you like that to be an online feature? Could Pacross be a viable eSport? I actually did uh, want to run this as a tournament at MAGFest. I had a plan for this years ago, but then my schedule didn't allow me to actually do that, so. Mm. Would that be fun to watch? Someone solving up a cross table? Well, competitive, so it's two-view. Like, racing. Two, I guess. And, I mean, you stream across, so I guess people enjoy that. I don't know. I I personally have not sat down and watched someone do, like, a Sudoku before. That doesn't sound entertaining to me. Personally. I would definitely not watch this either. <laughs> I definitely think there's a difference between watching someone do a Pacross thing and like having a little conversation, just chilling out, and watching two people crunch numbers. I don't care about the latter like at all. I'm trying to think, like, what if, what if you, like, every time you got like a number or a space, the other person gets slimed. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be pretty good. And Taking then, the so YTV my, approach. I like yeah, it. Yeah. So like halfway through each of the boards, these people are dripping 
and they still have to like touch screen up across thing or whatever. Yeah. Don't lose your stylus. <laughs> yeah, because you could see it like you would because it, so it's two on two. All right. One person it, on, on each team is yeah. doing the pacross. The other person on each team mans the cannon. So they're like shooting at the person's hands trying to knock the stylus out. So it'd be like, oh crap, he's in the lead, but he just dropped his stylus and now he's like digging in the slime trying to get it back so we can keep playing pacross. I like where you're going. Let's put this up a notch. They're using the cannons to mark a giant pacross board a thousand meters away. Now we're talking rather than oh, like each, actually just each sitting. place is a person. So when you're like, I don't yeah. know this place, they're on a turret floor, floor and is lava style. It, it drops the floor from the underneath them. Yeah. Then you then you cut the shot because that person died. <laughs> right. Died. Just yeah. like maybe don't the kill show. the other person. Yeah. <laughs> they did it in the Netflix show. I saw it. The floor was lava. Yeah. That they person killed died. Them. That person did not come out of the water again. <laughs> Yep, so we're not saying not. they're dead. We're just saying they went into the water and they never came <laughs> back out. Yeah, true. And that's how they can't sue us. Yeah. And also it's Squid Game, so we can get that. Yep. It's a popular, popular show. Yep. Kevin writes in, what's the best romance video game? Definition of a romance game. Game where romance is a core motif, not necessarily dating sims. I feel like the majority of them are still going to be that, though. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. think. So, so it's a game where it's all about romance, but you're not dating anyone. Like the closest no. I can think of is like boyfriend dungeon. I no, was but half of that is still well. a dating sin. Sure. Yeah. A corn motif. It. I mean, it doesn't have to be the main one. So the one I was thinking of, there was a game that came out a few years back about small little. Uh, adventure puzzly game called last day of june and that is uh it's extraordinarily sad but i mean it's about it's about a couple and uh one of them is like killed and the other one is like dealing with memories of like that other person and stuff and the loss and whatever okay so could you say maybe like um like life is strange where it's like yeah you totally. can pick between the suitors but the, it, there's still like a mystery you're trying to solve i guess life is strange true colors i'm thinking of specifically oh okay i can't speak to that one i think every life is strange has a, a romance thing as a core motif in it though sure two a little less so but there's there is a, a, a there is some yeah. a couple of the episodes but yeah okay okay yeah i guess two is definitely a like a brother thing it's not a romance thing so that's sure i see what you but there are like people that you can like uh, have crushes yeah. on and, and do stuff with in a couple of the episodes for sure sure yeah stardew valley uh in the chat that's a good one. Oh, someone says Catherine. good answer Catherine's a good, a good one that's a very good one yeah so oh, yeah Okay, John, do you want to take this next one from Matthew? Okay, Matthew writes in and says, Hey, TDP, I like the bit of discussion you had about doing taxes as a streamer and just wanted to ask if you'd explain a bit on how <laughs> filing your taxes works. I don't know how different Canadian tax law is from the U.S., but are you able to deduct things like part of your internet bill, apartment mortgage costs, or cost of games and DLC as business expenses? 
And if so, how do you decide what games are a business expense and what are personal expense? John, can you declare traveling to a throne controllers panel or visiting TRG for a recording session as a business expense? Uh, I, I'm going to assume this is all me on this one. Yeah, uh, I'm not a streamer. I mean, I can tell you how I file my taxes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Canadian tax law is there from the U.S. One primary difference for us here is that I am considered a contractor, which is mm. the same in the U.S. as well if I was working as a U.S. citizen. But uh, it does, rec- had, does have different treaties and stuff like that. Because I live in a country that has a proper treaty with the U.S., I don't get taxed a certain amount on there. Like, if I didn't have that there, I would lose 20% of my pay immediately to pay off presumed taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is because of that, I don't have to pay any extra on that. I don't have to file any U.S. taxes, but I do have to make sure I am filing Canadian taxes, obviously. Right. Uh, what else is here? Uh, are you able to deduct things like part of your internet bill, apartment mortgage costs, or cost of games and DLCs, business expenses? Yes. Uh, you get to deduct a portion of it based on how big your actual office space is. So for me, I get to deduct uh, my mortgage based on how much of that space I use for actual videos. So do you just pick like your entire basement as your office? Yes, the entire basement is my office. Wow. Okay. Because it literally is. It stores everything. I ha- I frequently have to go grab stuff out of range. I have sure. an area over there for testing stuff. Obviously, I do the recordings here. So it, the whole basement is cla- classifies that. I technically can also classify when I do videos together with Reese in her office or in the living room, but... Uh, the, the frequency of that's a little less, so I don't usually don't don't go too crazy on that. Uh, internet bill obviously can't do my job without it, so yes, that's that's claimable. Uh, games obviously can't do anything without that, so yes, that also helps. So I can claim that. Uh, in my case, any of these games could be picked for work for stream, so they're all deductible. But if you are a specific streamer, like you only do Minecraft, then you can only obviously claim like Minecraft things. Uh, you can only claim, like, if you only play shooter games, you can only claim, like, Call of Duty, etc. Like, it depends on what your actual focus is. Nice. Oh, uh, what about the travel? Yes, you can also claim that as well. I feel like a lot of times when you throw controller panels, though, the 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 um, event is, like, already paying for your flight. Depends on the event. Uh, and obviously, if you're, if you're like, reimbursed, you can't claim that. Yeah. Like, it's only if, you, it's, only if it's out right. of pocket. Right. All right. Uh, Ace Vera writes, what's your favorite way to eat potatoes? I mean, fried, I, right? French fries or potato chips. Yeah, fried, just in oh, general. I'm going to go scalloped potatoes. Scalp potatoes are delicious, but you can have yes. fries while driving if you need to. <laughs> I, I'm just not a big fries guy. Uh, sure. Tater tots is number two. Okay. Tachos? So good. What? Uh, Shane the Destroyer. They gotta go fast advertising with Sonic seems to counter... The gotta go fast advertising with Sonic seems to counter the classic games a lot of the times when they require precision platforming. I've had to explain that going fast is a reward for the master, but it feels weird to me because later the 3D games I grew up with usually just let you go fast. Do any other games have marketing that seem counter to their gameplay? I agree with this. This is one of my problems with Sonic games. And actually, uh, 
XO1 has kind of a similar premise of like when you're not getting the momentum going, it's it's kind of a drag until you get going again and then it's way better. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to get going because you're not like doing platforming. Sure. Games marketing. that are counter to their marketing. Yeah. I got nothing coming to mind. Sonic would probably be one of the best examples. Uh, oh, yeah. Brutal Legend. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, that. I can't remember where I was hearing it recently, but I, I, was, I heard someone saying that during the advertising of it, they weren't allowed to say real-time strategy. I believe they being, it. They were being tell, told by their like, marketers like that it will not do well if you say real-time strategy. They're right. So that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Look at the chat. Doki Doki Literature Club is pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's another good example. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Metal Gear Solid 2, because most people thought you were going to be Snake <laughs> oh, the entire God. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the the gameplay is still the same, though. You still got the same gameplay. But in terms of the character, for sure, yeah. Uh, is it me again? I think it's me. Yeah. Yep, from Rasterman. For today's standards, is Pokemon having two versions of the game on sale at the same time considered a scam? How different would you say both versions need to be for you to be willing to buy both? Yes, it's a scam. I mean, I've always thought it's kind of a scam, but I don't it's know. A, it's I'm not completely a, a scam, and, and people that buy both for themselves is is ridiculous, in, in my opinion. I thought uh, there was something novel about the idea of trading them. Like, when, as a kid with the school in the schoolyard uh, doing... Some like link cable shit. I thought there's neat ideas there, but like I've never been comfortable with the idea that the game is so much the same. I feel like the modern day version of that would be like when you start your game, a, a seed is created and it's going to determine which Pokemon you have access to. Find someone with the opposite seed. I think scam's kind of a harsh word, but uh. Scam is a harsh word, especially since there are use cases for it. Like, say, you've got two kids and they both want Pokemon. If they have two different versions of the game, then they can at least have some differences and, like, play together. Like, I feel like it only really is good for kids. It, when you get past a certain age, it just kind of sucks. I mean, I just feel about that way with Pokemon in general. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Fair. But, fair. yes. Uh, no, I feel like if any other company tried this, it just wouldn't, like, come across very well i guess they did they so they did it with yeah. like the yokai games right yeah and you're right they did a or few they tried mega to, man ba battle network games didn't they do it as well oh yeah you're right battle network got to like version three and then started doing the splits yeah yeah one and two I, were single and three onwards they started doing that which was i, I just I feel like dumb. any like major publisher or developer like if could you imagine like a first party Xbox studio do, doing this, like they, they would get roasted. 
And I feel like the only way Pokemon gets away with it is just because that's how it always has been. So they're like, yeah, that's just what it is. And we don't question things because we can't think for ourselves. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm saying it's a, it's a complete scam. Fair. I'm not a fan of it either. I don't think I feel as strongly about it as you do, though. <laughs> Uh, the Phantom Aegis writes, on the 18th of November uh, in North America, the GameCube will be 20 years old. What are your fondest memories with the purple lunchbox? Oh, so many. That, that was one of my favorite and still favorite Nintendo consoles. For sure. Uh, mine's probably just like the countless hours of Melee. Yeah, sure. A lot of Melee. Uh, I mean... RE Remaster was like the reason I bought one. So just a shitload of that. Then 4 came out on it. That was cool. Um, trying to. Oh, we had so much fun with a monkey ball uh, for a few weeks there. A whole bunch of us would get together and just play monkey ball all the time. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that really stands out. It was definitely the console that I played like the most local co-op or like local multiplayer with. Sure. But it was probably also because like the next set of consoles had online multiplayer, so I didn't need to do that. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, like a ton of Mario Kart Double Dash, ton of Melee, a bunch of Star Fox Assault. Uh, Tales of Symphonia is still one of my favorite Tales games. For me, it was a lot of multiplayer stuff. Like, that was the easiest multiplayer system at that point because you needed a multi-tap for PS2, and most people, yeah. like, only played Halo on Xbox. Sure. So, like, Melee, the Mario Parties, Mario Strikers, uh, Mario Golf. We had a hacked... We had access to Japanese games in university, so we would play, like, the Gundam games that were on there and stuff like that. Double Dash. Like... That was the multiplayer system out of that generation. Oh, Wind Waker? That's one of my favorite Zelda games. Kirby's Air Ride. Oh, Hack yeah. Versus. Soul, Soul Calibur 2. Hell yeah. When they put yep. Link in there. That was great. Paul, I think you're up. Okay. Line Beck. It's Apocalypse. Somehow the only weapons left to defend yourself are with are game consoles and handhelds. Which three do you choose to wield? So the GameCube has a handle made to bash them skull in. So that's one. That might be a pretty good one just from like a usability standpoint. Yeah. You gotta pick something that's like real dense, right? Oh, Xbox. Original Xbox is heavy. True. Sure. I have a PS3 fat, like OG here, and I've almost oh, that's another killed my... Good one. That Ooh. almost fell on me when I was good to going through the closet, and it scared me, because that would have been the end of me. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, though, the heavier it is, the harder it is to swing, right? Like, you're getting in the problem of... It's like a great sword. That becomes a two-handed weapon, and it's slower, but it does a lot of damage. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't think any handhelds are worth it. The PSP is pretty dense, but I mean, I think I'd rather go with a console if I was attacking someone. 
Yeah. PS5 yeah, is the biggest. PS5 would definitely be big. Original Xbox, Dance, even the Series X isn't that bad. You could yeah. take a system that's got four controllers and swing around like a flail. That would be kind of cool. But like some nunchucks. Would any of the controllers like stay in? I think they'd, they'd fly out. Mm, tape Especially them if in. It, yeah, if you tape it in, sure. N64 controllers on a flail. All them, all them random edges might do some damage. That's, yeah. Or maybe you could use the controllers kind of like size. I think the GameCube is the best one, though. The handle? Yeah, the handle is going to make it the easiest to hold. Yeah. Yeah. That's your standard, it's, like, it's back when, sword. And it's back when Nintendo actually, like, made their thing super tough, so it would take some yeah. hits. You put a, a, a Game Boy player on that thing, make it a little bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then it's actually yeah. a cube, because it's uh, the actual GameCube is not perfectly uh, square. You get that uh, that keyboard GameCube controller? Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, they, here you go. You get 360, and then you get the, like, Resident Evil or, or gear, uh, chainsaw controller. The chainsaw, yeah. Which is obviously a real chainsaw, so there you go. You just get a chainsaw. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dad writes in and says, It's been just over eight years since you've started streaming this podcast live on a weekly basis with webcams. How much do you think video adds to a podcast, and are there any podcasts that you prefer the video version? I could tell you it adds about $9 a month to uh, a wallet. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, I think from our side, it adds a lot being able to see each other and not like, uh, no, there's like, I don't know, just physical like signals you can give and stuff like that. And it's easier to read each other. Uh, listening to podcasts, I, I I hate video podcasts. I won't ever watch them. I will only listen to the audio. Yeah, I don't really watch video podcasts. But then again, that's just because most of my podcast listening is when I'm on the go in some Doing capacity. something. Yep, for sure. Uh, I do agree with the being able to see each other. That's pretty great because I think when I don't think we were doing video at even when we were just doing audio podcasts, I think it was just audio. We we had at least a year of just in-person audio podcasts, if not two. And then we, every now and then we would do one at your place, and then we started doing video as well. But we were all still meeting in person when we did it. Right, but I think there was a few years where it was when we did, what, during the audio time, where we weren't even turning our webcams on. I think when we yeah. turned our webcams on for, hey, we're going to make a video version of the podcast. Yeah, I think that's right. And I will say, even now, when if I was doing a podcast with somebody and it was going to be just audio only, I would still turn the the camera on. Hell, we do that. TVP, we see we each other. Yeah. yeah, but we don't record the video. Uh, I believe it's me, VGC Kenny. Do you think that po- Pokemon's overall consistency in gameplay is beneficial to it? Over the years, there's been various quality of life updates, but Pokemon has basically been the same since its inception. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. The formula is really fun and open to all sorts of ideas. Besides, it is nice to have something to rely on. Despite playing as many mainline Pokemon games as I have, including different versions of the same game, I never really get tired of it. Is that just me, or is there something about the simplicity of it all that brings millions of people into the franchise and keeps them there? 
Yeah, that's a known thing. Simplicity helps people actually like stay focused on it or just like keeps getting them hooked and it gets younger players in too. Easy to easy to learn hard to master is a known thing and I would say Pokemon thanks to the competitive scene definitely falls under that. Yeah, and you know, as as the one who probably plays the most Pokemon here, I I will say it's not beneficial. There is something to be said about like, hey, I I know I like this formula and I'm going to get one of these every couple of years. And I kind of talked about this with Forza as well. It's like, it's almost like this is a live service game and I get the next big expansion when the new one comes out. That's kind of what Pokemon is in the same capacity. But like I said, at Forza, I feel like it is diminishing returns. You know, each Pokemon comes out. I like it probably a little bit less than the one before it. Um, and yeah. I would absolutely love and welcome any kind of big change. Like if they were going to like, hey, we're mixing it up a ton this time, I would be like, thank God. Like, I don't want them to keep making the same game. Because I have, what, 30 of those already? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the position most people that play Pokemon come from as well. Uh, Nintendo's position is they want to keep making it because it's a formula that works. It makes money and everybody's Pokemon, every Pokemon game is somebody's first. So for them, right. well, they have no beneficial. incentive to change it because like I just saw a headline right. this week. Um, Brilliant Diamond was the best selling Switch game in the UK. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why that's what I'm saying. His question is, is the consistency beneficial to it? Absolutely. It is. That's why yeah. they do it. Is it beneficial to, like, the customers? Maybe not in the long run. But then we get that, like, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a vocal minority, but remember with, like, Shield and and, and uh, Sword when people were getting so furious because uh, they thought it was, like, low quality and whatnot? I bet if people oh, if they yeah. did change it enough, there would also be a bunch of people who complained about it. Well, let's see what happens yeah. with that Arceus game because yeah. that seemed like it was going to have some changes to it. Right, and I feel like the way they're kind of skirting the line there is they're not calling it a mainline Pokemon game. It has like a specific subtitle and whatnot. It's a Pokemon Legends game. Right. But, you yeah. know, for all I care, if they want to like have two branches going, it's like here's the exact same formula again and again and again. And guess what? We're remaking Red and Blue again because it's been, you know, 35 years and that's a whole new generation. And then they want to have this other branch where they actually try stuff. Then sure. I mean, a lot of the... The spin-off Pokemon games have been pretty cool. The you know Conquest, the tactics game, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, Pokemon they are snap. a little they are a little hamstrung because they have a competitive scene. They have to keep a mainline series be- to keep that alive. Like, oh, there's no way is- they'll ever stop. Yeah, regardless of the competitive scene, those things print money. <laughs> yeah. Boko writes, I recently finished in Megami Tensei 3 and started a new game plus to only to almost die to a common enemy after having no problem with the final boss, the real Satan. So my question is, <laughs> what part of a game, what part of a game do you think the player is most vulnerable? The beginning where the numbers are small, but the enemies can be weak or the end where the enemies are much stronger, but your numbers are bigger. It's always a beginning. I was going to say it's that's the secret is it's always the exact same. Oh, well, no, because there is a point where you could like, first of all, at the beginning, you will always not in theory know how the game plays. You won't know where anything is and your character will be at zero uh, at by the end. You could have you will have learned the mechanics to master them at some point or to some degree. You will have gained experience levels or new items or whatever. 
but no matter what you got better at the game as well so it's always the beginning you're the weakest but the game knows you're getting better and getting more powerful so they give you stronger enemies so i feel like the difficulty is 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 the same no they generally just give you enemies that one shot you they don't give you like any which is more difficult Uh, in a cheap way but that doesn't mean the sure. game's getting harder i feel like this it's is a just, different discussion we're kind of sliding into here now at this point I th- yeah i think we are I the player's like it, always yeah. weakest at the beginning yeah I don't, the odds of you, the the most common place you'll die in a video game like an rpg is the very beginning when you're like underprepared and then at the at the very very end when they have all like the super content Sure. See, I was going to yeah. say is I feel like typically you won't die much at the beginning because the game kind of goes extra easy on you uh, to not like turn you off. Um, mm, not all games, at, especially since we're talking about Shin Megami Tensei 3, that does not go easy on you. I mean, Shin Megami Tensei is kind of a different thing. That game will give you two middle fingers and <laughs> you have to put up with it. Um, and I heard the exact same thing about five as well. So yep. uh, I, I, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say at the end. Because unfortunately, a lot of it, the skill curve will be s- consistent, but then they'll be like, "Hey, why don't you grind a whole bunch before the final boss?" And it's like you didn't Just make me grind any up. of. Well, you didn't make me grind any of the rest of this game. What are you doing? Why would you make me do this now? Oh, is it back to me? I believe so. Uh, yes. yes. Gutan Clan writes in and says, since American Thanksgiving is next week, what are the best and worst American-Canadian Thanksgivings you recall? Extra points if there was a family argument. I can't recall any. I don't think I've had a family argument ever. I can I've... think of some family arguments, but they, uh, I don't want to go into details. So Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say it's really just the one I can think of. Can I ask at least, though, was it close family or like a bunch of distant relatives came in and it was like a... a a big family thing. Uh, I can't say anything without giving away whose okay. family it is. Th- then don't worry so, about it. Was um, it at Thanksgiving or just in general? It was, it was at Thanksgiving. Okay. It wasn't during like the dinner, but it was like on that vacation. Yeah, sure. gotcha. yeah the Thanksgiving okay. kind of, yeah. Yep. Uh, see, I've never really had like big Thanksgivings because um, a lot of my family is really far away. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I don't know, best Thanksgiving? When I was a kid, my mom was like, hey, what do you guys want? And we picked hot dogs. So we got hot dogs for Thanksgiving, and I'm going to remember that forever. But no one will do it again. Because when I bring that up, they they ask me, they ask, are you stupid? What are you talking about? Sounds great. What about you, Paul? Yeah, no, I mean, I've gotten in huge fights with my family before, but not really around, like, Christmas or Thanksgiving. Great. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. VGC Kenny writes, uh, Do you think that they should offer more boards for Mario Party Superstars as DLC? Yeah, of course. You should always I'm just going to say yes, and then there's an if not. I don't know why you would say no to this. (laughs) So, yes. And this worked out perfectly, Paul. Okay, hold on. Is there... Wait, I'm just reading the last question. Is there a reason why you wouldn't? I can't think of any game where you're like, don't give me more of this game. Unless... If if you liked the game. 
even if you didn't like the game, are you actually going to say like, yeah, they better no. not make any more of this? Because if they do, it's making my life worse. <laughs> All right. I don't know what the fuck this is, but Suku Suku wrote in a book. So, okay. Uh, there's a bunch of parts here that are kind of like spoilered out, which is why I couldn't put it in the document because it would ruin it. But I have no idea what this is. So let me just read this and we'll maybe figure it out along the way. Gentlemen, the government has called upon you again after an excellent job you did last time. Everyone's enjoying their jump runners and their paced combats. <laughs> but there's gaps left that behind that have become evident after time. We need new games for these genres. One based around. Oh, I see. OK, we're going to guess the genre or something. One based yeah. around heroes in an arena setting play competitively in teams. I mean, that's a MOBA, right? Yeah. That's MOBA. Or are we or is he wanting us to like guess what it actually is or are we making up a weird title for it? Oh, I think we have to make up a weird title for it. So first off, it's a it's an it, it is a, we're assuming it's MOBA. Yeah. Which you should look at the spoiler. Is it MOBA? Were we right? Oh. Hold on. MOBA, sure. Okay. okay. And then we have to come up with a different name for the for the genre. That means the same thing. Dude, there's like 15 of these. <laughs> okay. What was the one that like Idle Thumbs came up with? Or MOBA? It was like God's Champion or God's Glory no, Champion. Or something. No, it was another like um, four letter one. I'm trying to think. Oh. Of so long know. ago. Um, Are you sure it wasn't just the joke where they're like, they should really call it about something like where you defend like you're ancient or something <laughs> it's like yeah that's dota <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't remember i don't remember <laughs> he like literally described like why it's called dota <laughs> I, I don't remember what it's called idle thumbs was so long ago now to think about that um okay a new name for the moba genre one base around heroes in an area setting play competitively in teams Arena tactic? Sure. Arena tactic. I could see that. I'm going to keep moving on. There's a lot. Of, this is really long. Like, okay. I'm not kidding. We well, just got to do go. all of them. If, we, if you don't want, we can just do some. Uh, one that's usually space themed. You shoot down waves of enemies, sometimes side scrolling, sometimes top down. So this is a shmup, right? Yeah, it's a shmup. Oh, wait. Shoot them up. Yes. Is what he put. But <laughs> okay, yes. well, is, is shmup, can we say that, or is that cheating then? No, shmup works. The one where instead of Blast shooting them, them you're punching them to death. Um, so this is a face puncher? Beat -em up. This is a beat em up, <laughs> sure. And yes, it is a beat em up. Ace puncher is great. <laughs> how about, how about, um, how about you? I'm trying to get knuckle san sandwich in there. So what if it, we called them like knuckle sandlers? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, they are now knuckles. That, do you play that new knuckle sandler yet? There are now knuckle sandler. Oh my God! I just had the weirdest like somebody's deviant art OG of knuckles Adam Sandler, and it's yeah, it's, it's my very life. close to Adam Sandler, which I'm not a huge fan of. But yeah, it's ruining. There's no my way life. we can avoid it at this point. No, it's in there now. Uh, the one where you try to sneak by them instead. That's just a stealth game. Yeah, that's a stealth game. Yeah, so uh, which is not really a stealth. Sneaky times. 
Sneak times. Called sneaky times. Sneaky Sneak times. kings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one where there's lots of words and sometimes you get a choice and sometimes puzzles. Is a there's visual lots- novel? Oh, okay. I could. Or see is that. it an or is it an adventure game like a kind of modern day one? It says lots of words. Sometimes you get a choice. Sometimes puzzles. Now I'm thinking think, it's a it's it's a modern adventure game. What's the what is it actually? Visual novel. Oh, it was visual novel. Okay. Uh, picture book. Okay, the one where you are trying to be the last one to stay alive. This has to be battle royale. Battle royale. Uh, yeah, Battle Royale. I think we should just call it what it is. It's a Fortnite. Yeah, it's a Fortnite, right? Yeah. Story true. Battlers, where you pick options in a menu usually coming from Japan. This is obviously an RPG. JRPG, specifically. Specifically, right? yeah. And yes, JRPG. I don't know, East Asian RPG. <laughs> Oh, there's five more. The story battlers where you're given more freedom, movement, and attack. Story battlers where you're giving free Is this supposed to be like CRPG? No, probably like ARPG, American RPG. Okay. As CRPG is... I've I've never heard of an American RPG, but I guess... Like an R- like, like a Skyrim. Non- like an RPG, I guess, is you would call that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, RPG. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know, we didn't really come up with one for JRPG. <laughs> uh Story Battler is about procedurally generated dungeons featuring permadeath. This is obviously roguelikes. Yeah, um, uh, this should be an easy one because, like, just don't reference the, that game. Um, oh yeah, I see. I think I have a good one, but I want to hear if you guys have a good answer for this. I don't. No. Read it out again. Roguelikes. What would you What would you rename Roguelikes? Rand Adventure. You say? Grand oh my or god! Rand Adventure. RNGs or RN Dungeons or something is like some play on that from the chat. R-N-G-ins. That's really yeah, good. It doesn't yeah, work. RNGs well. is pretty good. Um, what if you called it Mulligans? <laughs> <laughs> mulligans sure? also fitting. I also just like it because it sounds like an Irish pub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, the ones you bust out when you're having fun with friends, usually around a board with mini games, but not always. Oh, I got a good one for this. You get, I want to hear yours first, though. So, board game like Mario Party or just multiplayer? Oh, I see. So, like a party game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mini game mania. Oh, that's that's not bad. Yeah, I don't have anything. How does this one feel for you guys? Hot garbage. Whoa. Say something like that. Whoa. <laughs> I agree. And two of the major types slipped through the <laughs> cracks. I don't know how to describe the first one because it's so generic. Wikipedia put it as a video game in which the player <laughs> assumes the role of a protagonist. Okay, this must be RPG. Uh, we already had RPG, though. And then, no, we had ARPG. 
uh, in an interactive story driven by exploration or puzzle solving. Oh, this might not be RPG because that is way too long to be RPG. The spoiler tag. That's like a full word. That's not three letters. I don't know. Adventure game? An act, what an, it was. Know, what it? You got it. It was adventure. It was adventure? Yeah. Well, I was just trying to Holy think like, what fuck. is the most kind of generic thing. So it's so that's they're specifically talking about adventure games, not like an action adventure game. Yeah, a video game which the player assumes the role of a protagonist in an interactive story driven by exploration. Uh, oh, of course, yes, seven. an adventure game specifically. <laughs> the second good, one is good time. Focus, good time, fun zone. Okay, the second one. This is the last one. <laughs> The second one is where it focuses more on reality and puts you in the shoes of someone else. So this is a sim. Yeah. Okay. Simulation. Yeah. Simulation game. God mode. God mode. Something with life in the name, maybe. Here, thank you for your question. <laughs> Appreciated. Thank you for your challenge. <laughs> yeah. All right, John, you're up. All right, Boko writes in and says, what big controversies in games did you think would be more important in the grand scheme of gaming history? I remember people being furious with the Order 1886 when it came out back in 2015, but that died out quickly and no one spoke out of since. Microtransactions. I can't believe that actually just became a thing that people accepted the way yeah, people talk about armor. The way that was talked, like, I don't know if... A lot of listeners remember were like paying attention to news media or games media around that time. You would have thought that there was some just like terrible fucking end of the world shit going on the way people talked about that. Actually, it's the way people talk about NFTs right now. People talked about microtransactions when that was. Except I feel like the, the one difference, though, is we didn't have like these like weird online bros being like way into horse armor. No, we definitely had people that were just like, no, it's fine. Right, that's completely different than the kind of They'd stuff. They'd be like super into it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think the the issue with Order 1886. The only thing I can remember was like the black bars. I mean, I just it remember was just, like people being upset at how short it was. Yeah, wasn't it like a four hour game for the full price? Or people were just mad about that, right? I do remember it being shorter. I, I don't remember the an outrage around that, but maybe I'm misremembering. I remember because it was letterboxed pretty heavily, and people were pretty upset with how much of the screen like you weren't getting to see mm. another game did letterboxing as well didn't one of the evil within games have letterboxing evil within had a lot of problems with it it was at a lower frame rate uh to make it have that cinematic feel is the term they used it was uh I'm grossly sure. it was f- grossly letterboxed so that you weren't actually getting like a widescreen view it was just like giving the f- they were just cutting off the screen to make it look cinematic there was a film grain that you couldn't remove from it that made seeing stuff in black and white, which was also another decision they used for some stuff bad. It was only in 720p at 30 frames at the best that you could do. That game was broken as fuck uh, when it came out. They fixed all those problems, by the way. That game is, like, different <laughs> now. Yeah, and I mean, similar with, like, microtransactions, I feel like they've fixed those um like we, I think we've gotten to a place where the the kind of microtransactions that are put in games now are generally accepted. Like we've got past loot boxes. 
Yeah. It's like the core thing. Um, uh, I mean, the, the issue with the horse armor was just it was such a new thing. Because if they, if they put that into thing now, you'd be like, of course they're selling cosmetics for my horse. Why wouldn't they? It, it was also around the time that there was a different retail specific thing. So like if you wanted to get everything that I can't remember what one of them was. I think Mass Effect was one of them. You would have to buy a copy from GameStop, EB. Actually, that's yeah, that's Target my answer is when yeah. they were doing retailer specific stuff. And we had to see like these like flow charts being put out oh, by the developers and publishers it. being yeah. like, Here's what you're going to get for where you pre-order Arkham City from. If you go to Walmart, that, you get yeah. this one. If you go to Best Buy, you go to this. And it's just, that was just annoying. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to say the cynical answer of I thought the Riot Games allegations and the Ubisoft stuff would have gone further, but those are kind of dead now. And I hope the I Activision do, yeah, one Yeah, I don't further. hear Riot much. I still hear Ubisoft doing stuff. Uh, oh, I, I just so. mentioned a couple weeks ago the... Uh, like a better Ubisoft or whatever that uh, group is came out and said they haven't come uh, agreed on any of our stuff. So I'm still hearing some Ubisoft things. Good. Good. Uh, I believe I'm the next question, correct? Yes. Dead rights. Now that both John and Paul have VR headsets, when is the debut of the new TVP spinoff TVR? It's just going to be done in VR chat. Yeah. Uh, we could, that's actually, we could actually um, do that. <laughs> so uh, John, you bought an Oculus Quest. Yes, the bl- I picked it Black up. Black Friday uh, it sale. Up, yeah, it showed up yesterday. Nice. Right? Did was there a good one going on in Canada? I know there's a pretty good deal going on down here. Seventy bucks gift card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ours is the best one I saw. On Amazon fifty bucks off and a fifty dollar gift card. Oh damn, that's real good. That's pretty yeah, good. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, uh, you're, so you already have it? Have you tried it out? I have it, but I didn't get a chance to try it out because I streamed yesterday. Okay. What did, what's you going to try out first? Uh, well, I already have a couple games for it. Uh, friends gifted me Beat Saber. Uh, I picked up uh, Half-Life Alex. What are the other games I picked up? There was like five or six I grabbed, and I'm also going to pick up Resident Evil 4 VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boneworks, Super Hot VR... Uh, hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades were all games I had recommended to me. Okay, cool. I'll probably it'll probably be Beat Saber, honestly. Yeah, the sale's going on right now, so I'm picking up a shitload of stuff to play at some point as well. What did you pick up? Uh, so far the ones I've picked up are sorry, I can't remember all of them. Uh, Half-Life yeah, Alex, Oregon, Moss, Vetrix, Doom, VR, Accounting Plus, and still on my list is Trover Saves the Universe, the Rick and Morty thing. I just put Rick yep. and Morty, but I don't remember the full title. I was looking into Batman uh, Arkham VR, but it, it's not doing too well in the reviews, so I think I might skip that one. And a game called Pistol Whip, which is I've heard things about Pistol Whip. Beat Saber, but with guns. <clears throat> right on. Uh, is it back I think it's me. It is Paul. I'm, yeah, I'm just looking where oh. we are. Thank you. No more Spiros. Where's the line drawn between an homage and a ripoff? 
when it becomes a uh, when the majority of the content is a not as good version of the game. Like a cynical cash grab instead of like a loving recreation or something. Yeah, I feel like one yeah. thing that people don't usually talk about is like you're called a ripoff unless somehow your game is better than the original product, which is extremely rare, if not impossible to do. Well, then, yeah, well, I was trying to think, like, what if you were like a new developer, like a kid almost, and your, your game's not going to be great, but you really you love Zelda and you tried to make like a, and you ended up making kind of a shitty Zelda. Then you made a fucking ripoff and you should feel bad because that's the Internet, baby. I definitely would not agree with that, though. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The Internet agrees. That's all that matters. It's got to be the spirit of the developer, right? Yeah, it's absolutely the spirit of the developer, for sure. And then that's then that's hard because, like, obviously the developer in a public setting is going to be like, of course, it's not a ripoff. Like, why would they ever call it a ripoff? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea how I would say, you know, the only way I could say it is entirely ripoff if it is basically the exact same game. Yeah, when you um, don't bring right. anything to the table yourself or like an original voice to it, I think it's a ripoff. Yeah, like or whenever you see those like mobile clones. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you just ripped off their idea and just made your own one for, with ads, though, and made it free. Like I think yep. of threes all the time with uh, 2048. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, John, you're up. Oh, shoot. Uh, Limebeck writes in and says, what genre would you like to see in VR? Personally, I'd love to see a Civ or Warhammer like kind of game where you're standing over a table looking at the map as you move figures around. Isn't that just uh tabletop sim? That, yeah, that I, game also exists and came out recently. Let me see if I can find the name. I'm sure. It. I'm pretty sure there's several of these. I think every game genre is in VR at this point. I'm yeah, sure every genre definitely has a yeah, representation. Like there's plenty of VR games. Um, for good or bad. <laughs> there's definitely yeah, one in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like every time like I think of racing, racing is obviously in there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of racing in there. Obviously, shoot, there's too many shooters to count. The shooters, yeah, I think they hit all the v- the genres like I guess I haven't heard of a VR visual novel, but that has to exist because that can't be too difficult. Yeah, I don't know that I've heard of one either, <laughs> actually. But but I think I've only haven't heard of one because it's just not like a popular one. But there has to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you probably. Okay, I can't find the game. Riptide writes, you have been chosen to partake in a week-long charity event uh, with you playing games and raising money. Sounds simple, right? There's a catch. The only games you can play are those that have insanely brutal challenges tied to them, like doing a lasso run of any of the Halo games or doing 50-20 mode in Five Nights at Freddy's Custom Night. I don't know what either of these are. Uh, Lasso means legendary all skulls on. Okay. 
And 50-20 mode is, uh, I know the 20 is referring to the difficulty of each of the robots, which is all of them. The 50, I'm not sure about. I don't know if that means I have to do 50 days. Which game would you pick to focus on that has this level of difficulty and cause the least frustration for you? So I guess, which game can you play like the hardest difficulty of? See, the way I'm interpreting this is what game has a hard difficulty that you won't like hate it afterwards necessarily you I'm could see in the chat that week. uh 50 is the number of animatronics oh, oh fucking lord <laughs> and they're all at max difficulty that's terrifying i would probably have I, I would definitely have a hard time with it now but when i was much better at it i could do this without frustration for like rock band or guitar Hero. the endless playlist or whatever yeah well, I just I could play expert guitar back then. Not every song. Yeah, it would granted. probably be something like that for me too. Yeah. Well, could you play the hardest? You could probably play Resident Evil on hardest difficulty, right, Paul? Yeah, but I wouldn't want to do that for a fucking week or whatever. Well, or, I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just asking what you could like actually do for what would you like to do. I mean, yeah, I could probably play one of those, I guess. Let's say like a Devil May Cry max difficulty or something like that. Yeah, you could do it. It would be hard, but I could try. Sure, right on. Uh, Final question from Hebrew. Hebrew Lantern. In honor of American Thanksgiving, what's the most overrated food? Turkey. I like turkey. I like turkey, but I don't like it as much as everyone else does. It's just become like a flagship food, but I don't think it's like earned that right. It just earned it because it was there first or something. I think pancakes are pretty overrated. So, yes, but I don't hang around a lot of people that are crazy about pancakes. So, like, I don't hear it ever. But if I did, I'd be like, I don't get that. My mom <laughs> and girlfriend love pancakes. Okay. I love pancakes yeah, sure. too. <laughs> uh, I, I could go the rest of my life without eating a pancake and I'd be fine. Do you like waffles? Same thing. Okay. Oh, see, I do like waffles. Some, some people pick one or the other. Being on the side of both, that makes perfect sense to me. I could, uh, if I had to eat one, like, I guess maybe I'd prefer a waffle. But so here's like my issue is I'm not a huge fan of the stuff you put on it. Unless it's like you can choose ice cream. what you put on it. I know, but it's like I it's like I don't want to put like uh, ice cream on it. So no, thank don't. you. I don't want to put a bunch of chocolate sauce on it. No, thank you. Then um, who puts chocolate on there? That's disgusting. What? What, what are you talking? Tons of people put chocolate on waffles or pancakes. Yeah, crazy yeah, that's, people. Yeah, that no, that's pretty norm- common. It's like a it yeah. makes it like a dessert waffle. Oh, yeah, that's disgusting. Um, I'm not a big maple syrup fan. Which I feel like takes out a lot of those for me. I could see it. Maple syrups are very sweet. Yeah. So, so it comes down to like, oh, you, you know, you just put some butter on it. And it's like, I don't want to eat that much butter. So I'm just not a big waffle or pancake guy. You know what are good though? Eggs. That's a great breakfast. I hate eggs. Oh, every kind of egg? You don't like eggs in any yep. way? Well, I mean, I'll eat them, but I don't like them. Oh, wow. They're usually easy, though. 
you won't go out of your way for them is what you're saying yeah exactly i I will if i'm having breakfast at a restaurant it's almost guaranteed i'm ordering eggs benedict if that's on the menu if something has eggs on it i won't eat eat it at a restaurant i'll eat eggs at home if i have like no options but if i see a burger at a restaurant that has a fried egg on it i'm probably ordering that yeah i'll throw that egg off and then eat the rest of the burger Oh, so good when you get disgusting. that yolk running all over the egg or the Absolutely burger. Absolutely oh, fucking so disgusting. Repugnant. All right. That's uh, going to do it for the show this week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who's listening it. Whether you, you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Um, sure. Uh, if you are a TDP uh, patron, uh, we're going to be doing our Good Life episode uh, right after this. So check that out if you can. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys next week for a regular show. Bye, everybody. Bye.